It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. It's a Montpellier preview show. Yes, it's a Interesting week for Connacht Rugby. Good news, I suppose, off the field with the stadium. Not such good news on the field. Poorish performance, to say the least, against Toulouse. To dissect that performance this week, our regulars on the Midweek Podcast, Alan and Lindley and William, they'll dissect all of that. But before that, you're going to hear from the press conference. Andy Friend and Dave Heffernan are the voices you're going to hear here. Saturday was very disappointing. Full house performance that was lacking at crucial times. Uh, Accuracy and just... Getting the getting the job done. Have you been able to identify things that you have to correct? And what are you looking for on Saturday in terms of a performance? Sunday in terms of a performance? Yeah, I thought um, on reflection of the game, I said it afterwards. I, I thought our energy was good. Our energy was brilliant. I was actually the more I looked at the game, the more pleased I was with the with the effort that went in there. And sometimes that effort can can be too much and. We probably got a bit excited with some things and that led to some error. Um, we're definitely, we've been in a lull and I think, you know, as I just said to the players there before, we're not in that lull now, we're climbing our way out, but as you climb out, you sometimes slip again and, and that's where we are, but we're definitely heading in the right direction. Must pay respect to Toulouse, they're a good football side. Um, you know, Champions Cup, you know they're going to turn up here. Shy of a couple of, you know, we had a couple of opportunities there and it could have been a very different result. It wasn't. We take responsibility for that. We need to be better and I think we will be better again this weekend. You've talked about uh, in games like this that players go off system. Um, have you come to any conclusions why that happens? Is it is it lack of belief in the system or is it just when the pressure comes on, uh, the error count goes up and then maybe in, in some ways they get a little bit nervous? It's uh, it's probably a combination of a few of those things. Sometimes it's a concentration thing. Sometimes it's a just a real desire to get to score. And it normally happens when we're five to ten meters out, or even closer, zero to five meters out. Um, and you see someone thinks, "I'll get it. I'll get it done here." Where that's not our system. Our system is to stick to what we do without trying to um, explain it all to you. But that it's what we do. But um, I think there's a it's it's not a it's not a negative attitude that's leading to that. It's probably an overzealous attitude that wants to try and get the job done now and I want to do this for the team. So, And that sometimes comes when you've got a group that are, everyone's fighting to, to get that score and to get that performance and get the, the, the result that we want. Um, and sometimes it's, it's been a bit over-anxious that can lead to that. White lane fever, is, is, that, is that what that boils down to? Different again, I think, you know, I've, I've coached in other teams too where there was, there's really selfish people and that's what they're looking for. I don't think that's the case with this. It's not, I honestly don't think we've got selfish players that are trying to do it for themselves. I think it's everyone, you know, we want to, we want to make sure we're getting a score. So it's a very different, when I hear white line fever, I, I think of that. I think that's a selfish individual error. I don't think they're selfish individual errors. I think they're, they're, they're attempting to do the right thing for the team because um, there's probably that little bit of pressure of making sure we do get that result. It hasn't happened. And is is partly that that then it becomes sides maybe don't fear Connacht enough? Do, do, do Connacht become a little bit bland in that scenario? That there, there isn't, they're not asking enough questions of the defence when they're in 10, 5 metres from the line that, that they almost know what's coming? Jimmy put up some great stats the other day. We've had over 50, uh, 50 times now in the season where we've we've been in that zone. We call it the war zone. And out of that, we've got 12 tries. Um, 
we've also got 19 penalties. We've also got two yellow cards that come out of that. We've had over over 12 or 13 turnovers in that in that period as well. So um, when you when you boil it all down, they're probably 75% of our time in there. Whilst we might not be scoring, we're definitely getting a positive result, which is a yellow card, a penalty, or a try. What we need to do is turn those 19 penalties into 19 scores. Would be lovely. So then you're looking at 27 or 31 scores, you're 19 plus you're 12, and, and now we're looking really good. So, um, yeah, it, it'll look like at the moment, certainly the last few games, against some big packs there uh, where we just – that's where you have to stick to system. If you don't, you've got big bodies onto single bodies. So if we work in our pairs the way we, we try and work in our pairs, uh, we probably would have got better results. And so when you don't stick to system there, it now looks like we are bland and we don't have a, a sharp edge in that. But I actually think it's quite an easy fix if we, understand, if we just stick to the system that we've got and we have spent a bit of time on that this week. Will you be, there's bodies coming back, so you'll be looking to integrate a few more players back in and then you've got a break. Is, is, that, is that difficult for the money to come back for one game or is it still advantageous for them to actually go out and get some field minutes? Really advantageous, you know, as a footballer, you need to play football. So you look at a bloke like Tommy Farrell, who's available this week, really important, he gets some game time. Um, really important. Some of the men who've just come back in, a Colby, a JB, a, a Matty Healy, get some game time. Kieran Marmion's available. Really important. He gets some game time. So, um, you know, when 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 we select the team there, um, don't be surprised to see a lot of those names there. Could it be a game played in holiday mode where you just go out and throw the ball around a bit? Could could that happen if it if especially if maybe Montpellier go off script a bit as well? It's it's not like them, but they might in this situation uh, if they've got a crowd in there to entertain. It it could become quite a broken up game. It could be from them. I know from us, um, you know, we just had a really good session there against our academy and. And, and you know, JB delivered a really strong message halfway through it, which was, fellas, don't get caught into their game. So they were playing quite an open game and, and challenging a few different things. Uh, and then if we start chasing that and wanting to do that, that's not our system again. So um, stick to what we do. Stick to what we do really well. And that's what the best sides do. They have a they have a system. So if you make a line break, you play, off you go. But until you get to that line break, you have a system that allows you to try and open up the field. Um, so stick to that. So hopefully what we see on Sunday from Connett is a very clinical performance, a much more clinical performance anyway than what we've had, um, which allows us to get the win against Montpellier. If it does work out as a more clinical performance, is is there a slight danger that you'd be looking at that and thinking, this has happened because there's less pressure on the result than we've had in the other games? Has, has the pressure, that particularly last week here against Toulouse, a must-win, did that maybe get inside a few heads when it got tough out there? I, I honestly don't think it, it did not and I think if we were to win on the weekend it wouldn't and if we were to lose on the weekend it wouldn't be about the result. Everything at the moment's about the performance and and knowing that so we've got bodies back in there now, your eighty minutes or whatever time you get there on the park is really important and as a collective that collective eighty minutes is really important. So um and I honestly feel that I I, I wouldn't uh you know, if if we happen to win on on Sunday, um, I wouldn't be trying to dilute that win because it's against a, 
Montpellier that doesn't matter about. And if we do lose, it wouldn't be because I wouldn't be diluting that loss either. We'd be looking at it seriously, saying, "Well, what 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 occurred there?" It wouldn't be because we're in holiday mode. So, no, I actually think that the, the team's in a really good headspace there. We know that we haven't been performing at our best. We know we need to perform better. We know we're coming into three massive games post the break, which will define our season. So, performance is everything. Andy, we're looking forward to it, and uh, we'll catch up with you after the game. Good on you, William. Thank you. David, just spoken to Andy, pretty tough review of Saturday when you did it yesterday? Uh, yeah, it was. It was a tough review. Um, yeah, we kind of had to ask a lot of hard questions of ourselves and um, a few things that a few things that went wrong that were quite disappointing that were probably in our control. Um, so yeah, like obviously it was a much improved performance from the previous couple of weeks, um, but we still we still feel like we could have got a result out of that game. Um, and we were all very disappointed in dressing room after. Yeah, look, it was, a, it was a small step in the right direction, um, but still a long way off from where we need to be. It's been a tough few weeks, uh, the interprovincials. I suppose this was always going to be a hard run of games, but confidence is a word I'm hearing from a lot of players in these situations and from management when you talk to them, that maybe you, you did lose a little bit of that. If you got a win on Sunday and then you have your break and you come back in, is it a case then that you're focused now on one thing and one thing only, and that's the the, the Pro 14? Yeah, look, like like we wanted to be in the quarterfinal. Like that's um, that's the big ambition going into the season to to be in the Champions Cup quarterfinals, play knockout rugby. I mean, look, I think we're all disappointed we're not we're not going to be there. Um, but on the flip side, yeah, um, it gives us just the opportunity to com- completely solely focus on the one thing now, um, and that's the the Pro 14. So. Yeah, look, it narrows the focus down a little bit, but at the same time, we're, we're disappointed not to be in the quarterfinal, to be honest, because um, that's where we wanted to be. Um, but yeah, we just just once a break comes now after this game, we just have that one one sole thing to, to focus on, and maybe that'll play to our advantage. Um, who knows? I know last season it was I, I liked having the quarterfinal there in the Challenge Cup, but um, yeah, look, we've we've one thing to focus on uh, after the break, and and uh, it's going to be massive for us uh, this season and, and going into next season. Confidence is, is a is a difficult thing when you're look when you're looking at it from a, from an outsider. Is it really small things, or, do, or or is it just the overall? Or do results? If does winning fix nearly everything? Um, does winning fix everything? I don't think it does. No, um, it doesn't fix everything. I think sometimes when you're winning games, uh, you let small things that are going wrong slide. Um, but yeah, again, I suppose when you're winning, sometimes you just get those little breaks that you might we might not be getting at the moment. Um, and yeah, it might be a case of I don't know. I was trying to throw an offload to, to JB at the weekend, and maybe maybe a few weeks ago that would have stuck, or maybe I could have got it away earlier. And it's just maybe guys are second guessing things a little bit. When if you if you get those couple of wins, you're you're maybe not thinking about things as much. And and sometimes when you're not thinking about things, um, everything just runs a little smoother. Um, and it's a little bit easier and you seem to get those breaks or those offloads seem to stick so um, yeah look um, winning is winning do, does make things a lot easier um, and yeah you're just you're just questioning yourself a bit less but um, but at the same time maybe you do gloss over things a little bit and, and maybe we did maybe we did do that um, when we were winning some games at the start of the year maybe we did gloss over some small things that were going wrong um, so we need to look back at that as well and, and try, just try and correct those little mistakes and just try and be focused on the process. I know it's a bit of a cliche at this stage, but that is what it's, it's all about um, for us um, individually and as a team, just making sure the process is right and, and if the processes are right, the results will look after themselves. 
And before we hear the thoughts of Linley and William on the match, here's the results of the Irish teams in last weekend's Champions Cup. Pool 3, ASM Claremont Avern 29, Ulster 13. In Pool 5, Connacht 7, Toulouse 21. Also in Pool 5, Gloucester 29, Montpellier 6. In Pool 1, Leinster 42, Lyon 14. In Pool 4, Racing 92-39, Munster 22. Lindley, quite a disappointing result in the end. What were your thoughts? Yeah, disappointing result, uh, particularly at home. Um, not necessarily unexpected, I don't think. You know, you're looking at a, you know, a team of French champions and who literally, I think, you know, are one of two topping the pools uh, with the number of points that they have. So, you know, their quality and their calibre is unquestionable. I think probably Connor will be more disappointed with their own performance. Um, maybe just, you know, a little bit too error-prone, a little few too many mistakes. But um, I think you have to take from that the fact that there has been a lot of injuries. You know, there have been a lot of changes to the team. They have been stretched. And yes, there's disappointing, but I think the performance probably was more disappointing than the result. Yes, it was, William. I know there was quite a few fans around us who weren't overly impressed with how Connacht finished that game. No, it was a poor day, and I think they've acknowledged that today at the press conference, um, and they're convinced they can fix it. But they got, you know, the, this game against Montpellier is an opportunity to go out and put in a just a tidier performance. There was something very untidy about that whole effort. Um, bad decision making at times, and you don't know. I don't think I think Toulouse could have played a lot better. I think they only played as well as they felt they had to to win the game. And you don't want that at home. It's supposed to be your fortress. Sides are turning up now and they're sort of bullying Connacht at home and then they're finding a way to win. Toulouse were not hugely impressive, but what they did, they did very very well. And that's that's the secret of of any sport. Um they they passed the ball well, they offloaded it well, they were very physical. And the longer the game got on, the more disjointed Connacht got, and especially right at the end when they were playing 13 men and they just didn't seem to be able to, to come to terms with this at all. You are chasing a game there that you probably aren't going to win, but you never know. Look, they scored two tries in four minutes against Gloucester to win a game. Um, they would have had to, to do something similar against Toulouse to get a draw. Probably not going to happen, but it was it was just shoddy and... I think they're very disappointed in themselves. Yes, they are indeed. But I think we'll leave it there. There's enough talked about that game. Is there good news on the injury front this week, William? Yeah, there is, Alan. Uh, Kieran Marmion, Tom Farrell, Peter Robb and Connor Fitzgerald and Connor Kenny should be available this weekend. Uh, Connor Fitzgerald's injury has turned out to be something very minor. It looked very serious at the time. Um... Connor Kenny's come back from a HIA. There are a few people carrying a few knocks, though. Uh, Alton Delan is unlikely to play. He took a bad bang on his hip, although his arm seemed to be what we saw, but it apparently was his hip. Finlay Beelham has a quad injury, and it's not all good news on the Fitzgerald side of things because Stephen is going to have knee surgery next month and he'll be out for the rest of the season. He's got an ACL. And it's... His injury. It, it's this is the strange thing about injuries. His injury didn't look as nasty as as Connor's was at the time. 
because they happen very close together. Yeah. One's got lucky, one hasn't. Uh, the rest of the other players are continuing to uh, come back. They've kind of going to a long break after this game. They've got there'll be three weeks and six days between games, so there should be a very full squad uh, available for that game against Cardiff in uh, February. So some good news and some sort of good news there. Not so good news with. Um Beal and Ulton, but uh, it's good to see Tom Farrell back. It'll be exciting to see him maybe give us a cutting edge the weekend. Now, before we start talking about the weekend, here are the fixtures, the upcoming fixtures for the last round of the Champions Cup. On Saturday, January the 18th, in Pool 1, Benetton versus Leinster. That game kicks off at 1pm Irish time. In Pool 3, Ulster play Bath in Belfast. That game kicks off at 3.15pm. On Sunday, Pool 4 sees Munster play the Ospreys with a 1pm kickoff. And in Pool 5, Montpellier and Connacht and Toulouse versus Gloucester will both kick off at 3.15pm Irish time. So, the weekend, Connacht will be looking to halt a four-game losing streak. The last time they lost five games in a row was in Pat Lamb's first year when they lost the last five and previous earlier in that season they'd lost eight in a row after they'd won the first game so you really need a win William yeah they do uh, I suggested to Dave Heffern today that winning fixes everything uh, he didn't necessarily agree with that that's worth listening to actually it's from a player's perspective because I think from a fan's perspective you'd say just get wins but he had a, an interesting take on that yeah they do I think in theory, if, the, if you get a performance, you get a win. I don't think that works when you're away from home in France. A lot, a lot will depend on what Montpellier, how they approach it, because they're in the same boat, and they, they have an away match to La Rochelle the following week. It's very important for them in the top 14, because they're all in the same bit of the table, and a win, you know, sneaking away win there. But they have to improve. They have to get better. They, they felt, I think, that they played better against Toulouse than maybe they did against Leinster or Ulster. Well, you'd hope they would because they had a much stronger team on the pitch. The stats showed that it was a much tighter game than, than people realised last weekend and that Connacht could have a really good chance this weekend. I think it's a winnable game for Connacht. I think Andy Friend and the squad know that they, they need a win because it's more about momentum uh, heading into the break. I think it'll be an opportunity for players who possibly are coming back from injury to um, get some game time. Um, you know, we know that Jack Carty had some last week. Kiramami looks like coming back because he desperately needs some game time as well. Tom Farrell, I understand, is probably likely to be included in that side as well. So there will be players coming back that need game time. They need a win. You know, sometimes performances take care of themselves, that's true. But I think this is an opportunity for for Connacht to say that actually we're not as bad as what we were really over the last three weeks. We were close on a number of occasions. Yes, we've had some poor performances. And I think what it will probably re-establish is for Andy Friend particularly when he talked today about the fact that the opportunities that they have had inside that 22, that the, the squad has kind of gone off what they're supposed to be doing and that they have a very they have a system and they have systems in place but for some reason not through 
as you said, not through people wanting the glory to score a try, but through enthusiasm that they're probably going off the systems. And I think that will be one of the things that he'll probably be looking at carefully uh, against Montpellier, that they continue to keep to those systems. And if they can c- continue to keep to those systems, then we'll see how many tries can be scored. Yeah, so of course, other good news last week, which we haven't really talked about. We talked about a little bit at the podcast at the weekend, but we haven't, again, haven't heard your, your opinion is um, the great news on the stadium. What do you think, Lindy? Because I see in the in the press today, there's there's been a little bit of pushback from various um, entities. I think um, it's not unexpected. I think a lot of work has gone in to uh, get an organising and. Uh, the money for the stadium I think it's well due and I think the west of Ireland needs this I don't really care about you know money that's going elsewhere it's more important that you know Connacht have secured this money it means that a stadium can be built that that uh, the players deserve that the supporters deserve that the province deserves and the city deserves um, let's face it it's not just going to be a rugby stadium it's going to be ability to be used for for other sports as well and you know, the, the the most important thing is is if you look, if you it's it's now we love the stadium the way it is because we've kind of grown up with it, and you know. But I've I've heard you know you listen to some spectators who have never been there before, and it's not the most comfortable place, and it doesn't have the most comfortable facilities. You know, Port doesn't look the most attractive. There's Portaloos, and you know, it, let's face it, but we just used to it so we love it you know and we love its hostile environment so to speak for people coming in but yes it's going to be a stadium that will now stand out it's not going to be a stadium where people say oh geez do we have to go to that bloody dog track again which is what most you know Mm -hmm. other teams coming into Connacht that's the way they treat it and that's the way they think about it so it's going to be a stadium fit as they like to say fit for purpose it's also going to be important because I think not just as the home of Connacht Rugby, but also how it's going to develop. It's going to obviously unquestionably have more bums on seats, so we're going to have more money. And I think that is one of the most significant things when it comes to actually, as Andy Friend says, how he describes it, is the fact that that money is going to go back into being able to develop more players, get more players, they might have the ability to buy more players. And so as a result, the team will be successful. So all in all, it's it's well-deserved. It's a bloody long time coming. And, you know, I applaud all of those people who who lobbied for it and used all their political nous to get the money. Yeah, great job, I say. Great job. And, of course, the other thing that comes with that, it's not just a stadium. There's going to be a new training facility, a world-class training facility, which should help attract more players who look at it and go yeah that's a great place to go and learn rugby because they have the facilities to go with the coaching modern players are versed in everything to do with their game they look at everything they want to know how many dietitians are available how many physiotherapists how do you handle this how do you handle that they it's you know they're, they're looked after they they're not just rugby players now it's it's they're they're businessmen because this is their business is playing rugby and yeah the, the training facilities the medical facilities having an artificial pitch to train on it would be absolutely huge because it, it you know they had a very big session today they had over 40 players training today between the academy and the the, the main uh, squad but it was done on a freezing cold, wet 
miserable day, but that's the sports ground. But you could also do that on an artificial pitch, or you could do some of it on an artificial pitch, or you can rehab players better on that. So the whole thing is a package, uh, as well as improving the facilities. And uh, as long as it doesn't lose its bite as a ground, because even on Saturday when things weren't going well, it was still hopping at times. And that does count for a little bit. It, it makes the place special. It's 500 Toulouse fans here. They, they come because they've been here before and they know what coming to Galway is all about. Mm. They seem to have a ball. Um, well, they won, so that, <laughs> <laughs> that helps. But uh, it's great news and um, fully deserved, despite what some of the naysayers might think. Exactly, I fully agree. So let's just finish on the fact that Andy Friend in the Pro 14 has a, has a 53% winning ratio which is the best of any of our coaches apart from Steph Nell but he was prior to the, the full league getting you know 22 games or minimum 20 odd games he needs to win on Sunday so as we can get go into the break a nice long break get everybody fully fit and take the last 11 games of the season as though it's a brand new season like one of the things I was thinking about was they've been together since what June and they had a huge run into the into the Pro 14 and maybe that sort of affected some people with the mind and they just need a complete break from each other that have been there together for an awful long time what do you reckon? Yeah I think they all talked about the length of the running because there was the extra months because of the season change in the World Cup and they played 12 of 13 very intense games six Champions Cup games four Interpros I mean that's that's hard rugby there's no no offence to them but there's no Zebras floating around I know they did have the Kings who are an easier fixture but I think they do need a break I think we need a break um, <laughs> just go away and reset because it's very simple what they have to do they got to win seven or eight out of eleven games and they're, they've, they've six away games, five of which are in conference. They've five home games, three of which are in conference. Those are all eight-point games. There's double headers against Edinburgh and Cardiff. And it's, you're also, if Munster get going, they could take points off everybody. And that actually helps you. But if they don't get going, it could become a fight of six teams chasing three places. But you almost need conference if one team gets a bit further ahead and they take points off Cardiff or Benetton that's helping as long as you're winning your games but you know that it's going to take it's going to go deep deep into the season for Connacht and if it doesn't go deep into the season it's because they aren't getting the wins exactly and of course Lindley they haven't won an Interpro yet this season the last time they didn't win an Interpro in the same uh, season in a season was Pat Lamb's first year now we're talking about winning, you know, needing to win seven games. Two of those games are interpros, and they'll need to, to win at least one of them at home to, to Ulster, or possibly go to Thomond and do something they haven't done. What they've done once in a generation, get a win in Thomond. But I have no doubt that they're quite capable of doing that. I, I, I don't doubt their ability, and I don't doubt their their um, desire. Um, I think the next look, we have a break and. Let's see what they're like when they come back after that break. Let's see where the mindset, let's see where the, where the team is, let's see what the injuries are, and then possibly we can, we can reassess that situation. But I have no idea that this is, a, these are teams that this is a team of professionals, and they know now that now they're not in the Champions Cup, that everything rests now on the Pro 14. And you can be damn sure that they're going to be prepared for this. I have absolutely no doubt. Um, so let's just see where we are maybe in three weeks' time after the break, and, and particularly in terms of squad injuries, but I would expect them to quite... I would expect them to beat Ulster in the sports ground. 
I think they're well able to go down to Tillman Park as well and do it because they have done it before and they've been very close as well on a number of occasions. So let's just see where we are in that, t- you know, in a half a few weeks. All right. It's worth noting. Andy Friend refers to it's the third or fourth time I've heard him refer to this. The next three games in the Pro 14 define the season. Home to Cardiff, away to Edinburgh, away to the Kings. He wants three wins there, and that's the target he's setting. I think he's he, they're going to push very hard for that, and it, we'll see that that would give you the start that would drive you forward towards t- towards the towards the end of the season. It certainly would, and let's hope they get that start by winning in Montpellier at the weekend. All right, big thanks to uh, Murty Rabbits, our sponsors, for hosting once again this week. Uh, don't forget, folks, if you want to back us on Patreon for the price of a cup of coffee once a month, you can really lift what we do and help us uh, keep producing all this content for you. Patreon.com forward slash Greggy Rugby. You'll find all the information there and you'll find some extra bits of audio too. Stay tuned on social media. We're going by FM throughout the weekend. Alan is on co-commentary. William Davis is on commentary. Enjoy the game. It's on at 3.15 Irish time, live on Galway Bay FM. Exclusive stream there as well. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side.